Welcome to New Life Church Sermons. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect more with us, go to newlifesl.church. passage of scripture today that I want to work through. I pray that the Lord would give us revelation and understanding uh, in this house today. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 49. Uh, Luke 24, starting at verse 49. I want to read uh, this verse, and I believe it's on the screen. It says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Until you're endued with power. Everybody say power. From on high. And um, I want to uh, just simply talk about that last little statement today. I'll title it, Power from on High. Power from on High. Let's lift our voice to the Lord and ask Him to meet with us, speak to us, and accomplish His will in this house today. Father, we love you. We exalt you. We magnify you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. God, I ask now that as the word goes forth, that it would illuminate this atmosphere, our hearts and minds, give me clarity of mind to communicate your word, to say nothing more, nothing less. Give us a heart to receive it and an ear to hear it, we ask. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we clap our hands again to the Lord? Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can be seated. We are um, in a turning point, um, I believe, as a congregation. Um, that I think. Some things are about to change uh, in the near future. Some of those things we've been praying for, we're going to see soon. And um, things we've been hoping for are going to be fulfilled. However, I do want us to be aware of something. It's so easy to just say play church um, it's so easy to do that especially when we get in the grind of life and we work so hard at our job and we work so hard to exist that then when we're done doing all of that we're like my god I don't have, I feel like I don't have anything left to give yet we're a part of a kingdom that is eternal and it is beyond this world and this life and so everything we do in this life is temporary working is good there was work in the garden yet there is this element that we have to keep in mind that um, we are first and foremost a child of God we are first and foremost a part of the kingdom of God we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are citizens of heaven on this earth. That's why the Bible says we are pilgrims and strangers. We shouldn't feel at home in this world. Uh, I don't feel at home anymore in this world. There's a song about it. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And uh, my treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue sky that we look into and we feel is so far away and yet heaven is beyond that somewhere. I have no clue where heaven is, 
geographically. I can't tell you. What I do know is it's real. And I do know that there is a hope beyond this life. Hope. Everybody say hope. Those who have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost are filled with what Paul calls Christ in you, the hope of glory. Every Holy Ghost filled person in this room today must be reminded of the fact you have hope. And if you have not been filled with the Spirit of God today, I'm here to tell you that there is hope. There is something beyond your circumstance. There is something beyond your trial. There's something more for you than what you just have experienced so far in this life. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the Spirit of God. It is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And it is for everyone who believes. And yet we need to remember this fact that we are a part of the kingdom of God. So that means we are a part of a spiritual thing. The kingdom of God is spiritual. It will be manifested physically one day, literally, when Jesus returns and set up his kingdom It's the millennial reign and Jesus Christ will reign in bodily form on this earth as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's going to happen. He will sit on his throne and the nations will gather to worship him. And the nations who refuse to come and worship him, there will be no reign in their nation. It's going to happen. We are a part of that now, even though it hasn't been manifested literally and completely yet. So we're a part of a spiritual thing. Which means we live in a natural realm tapped in to a spiritual realm. And we believe that we are to be filled with the Spirit of God. And we can have the Spirit of God. And so if we believe that, we also must believe that there is an aspect of the spirit realm that doesn't want to see the kingdom of God come and the will of God be done. Jesus tells us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That there is a kingdom also of darkness that does not want his kingdom to come and the will of God to be done. So how does that kingdom seek to stop God's kingdom? That kingdom can't stop Jesus because he he created the greatest uh, uh, Trojan horse attack ever That has ever existed. Colossians says that he took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. And he took it out of the way by nailing it to his cross. And while he hung on that cross, Colossians says that he made a show of the principalities. Meaning he mocked it. He he, uh He made fun of their power as he hung on that cross, insinuating this fact that your best shot, you thought you were taking me out. But really what was happening was I was taking the sin of the whole world upon myself so that I could purchase the power to save anyone and everyone who would believe and obey. The cross looks foolish to the natural eye. And it looks like a defeat to the natural eye. But in the spiritual realm, it is the greatest victory that has ever been won. He triumphed over the powers of the enemy through the cross. And that's why Paul says that if uh, the princes of this world, that's a spiritual term... The princes of this world had known they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have known 
that the death of Jesus would have unleashed all of this, they never would have touched him. Because then, at that moment, what they thought was a victory for hell was actually a defeat. And so now they're defeated, but they're still fighting. And in Revelation, we see a time where Satan will come to the earth with great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. Even though the enemy knows that his days and their days are numbered, they're not going away quietly and they're not going to turn their backs easily. They're not going to bow their knee easily. They're not going to bow their knee willingly. Yet Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Does anybody believe that today? That's the power Jesus gives us. And so what we have to remember is that we're a part of the kingdom of God. But there is a battle that will be fought until the day Jesus comes and consumes the enemy with the word of his mouth. But until that day comes, Jesus says in his gospels, occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. You run the show until I come. Occupy, it's a military term. Take over a city and run it until I return. You get the spiritual dominion in that city until I return. Don't survive, occupy. But it's hard to occupy when we're so preoccupied. It's so big and it's so bad. No, he said, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. So there is no place on this planet where the people of God cannot go to and occupy that place until he comes. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we believe that and we know that's the word of God, but it doesn't change the fact there's an enemy. It's not an excuse, but it is the reality. And the reality of it is, is that we are in a turning point as a church. My wife and I will actually be out of town next Sunday. We'll be a part of a missions conference in Modesto. We're um, thankful to have been asked to be a part of it. Um, and at first, I... I Chuckled in my spirit, not out loud, just quietly. Um, I was like, missions conference. You know, we're not even, this church isn't even home mission status or North American mission status, according to the you know, organization we are connected with. And um, I thought about it, but I was like, maybe legally we're not North American mission status, but technically we're, 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 we're a home mission status uh, church. Why? Because... The mustard tree is not fully grown. And um, <clears throat> we have not broken through yet. From the very moment this church was founded, this is, not, um, this is not a negative thing. This is a reality. This is a, this is a, uh, this is a war room address. That this is where we're at and this is how it is right now. And this is what we got to do to move forward. This is what we got to do to occupy. Not we, we, first, we got to stop being preoccupied. We got to stop being preoccupied with all the lies of the enemy. We got to stop being preoccupied with our flesh. We got to put that on the altar, crucify it, let it die out so that we can be full of the Holy Ghost. And we've also got to get this settled in our mind. It is the will of God for us to have control of this city. I'm telling you, it's the will of God 
for this city to know we're here. Not just aware that we're another church, but the streets are to shake with the power of the Spirit of God. It is the will of God that somebody in this city get upset because there are blind eyes being opened and, 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 and people being filled with the Holy Ghost in Safeway and, and people being delivered of devils in the street. It's the will of God. And, and the reality of it is, is that the enemy has been fighting this church from the moment you guys started your first Bible study in that pizza shop. I forget the name of it. And it has not been easy. Nothing for God ever is. Because we are strangers in this world. We are apostolic envoys in a foreign land. Filled with the greatest power in the universe. And we are given one command. Go and make disciples of all nations. And occupy until I come. It is a battle mentality. The enemy's been fighting it from the beginning. I felt it. My wife felt it the very first time we ever came here. Walked in. You could feel the squeeze of the enemy. There's a church here. There's people here. You could feel the squeeze. The enemy does not fight who he does not fear. That does not make you and I special. That makes the purpose of God in this place special. There is divine purpose here. And it is the will of God that... His will be performed here. And why does it feel hard? Why does it seem at times as if every time we begin to take off, something rises up? Because, parable of the sower and the seed, the birds did not come and seek to snatch up a mustard tree. They came to snatch up and devour a mustard seed. Because the enemy knows if he can stop it before it takes root, he can stop the will of God. The enemy knows he's defeated ultimately. But he will try to get little victories here and there to slow down the day of his final judgment. And the quicker we have revival around the world, the quicker the enemy will be thrown into that bottomless pit. Every soul we baptize and every person filled with the Holy Ghost and every new person that sits on this pew as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that is one step closer to ultimate victory. And one less person who will spend an eternity in hell. But there's this power from on high that Jesus talks about. And I've been in, had experiences, I've been in services, prayer meetings, where the power of God was so strong, undeniable. I couldn't resist it. Felt the power of God come on me in such a way at times that my knees got weak. They buckled, felt the power of God come on me so strong that it was like a punch to the gut and I doubled over. I felt the power of God fall upon me so strong at times I wept so hard that I had uh, busted blood vessels around my eyes. And you say, is all that necessary? No, it's not about what's necessary, but there is this element of the power of God that physically we barely can handle it when the power of God comes on a person so strongly, moved to the core by this otherworldly power that is so full 
of strength and might and love and grace and mercy. And it is overwhelming. I've experienced it at conferences, hit the floor. I've, I've experienced it in my living room where it felt like Jesus himself walked up and stood in front of me. Individually and corporately, I've experienced the power of God in such an undeniable way that time and time again it gets settled in my spirit. It's real, it's real, I know it's real. There's nothing that can change my mind about the power of God. I've experienced it at an altar where I felt an authority come upon me prior to when we moved out here. An authority come upon me that God was pouring on me and my family what he wanted us to have to do what he called us to do. It was this power that I felt that I could take on anything, not by my might or by my power, but the Spirit of God came upon me in such a way that I have now anointed you to do what I've called you to do. These moments are branded in my brain because I was touched by the power of God. Is there anyone thankful for the power of God today? Is there anyone that can remember a moment? I remember when the power of God touched me. It's a moment that you never forget, that you leave forever changed. And you and I should experience these moments more often than not. We shouldn't go weeks or months without touching heaven. We should not go weeks or months without the power of God touching us. It is something we have to stay connected to. I've experienced the power of God in that church office where all of a sudden it felt like I stepped into another world and that I was standing in some room where I was praying these prayers, dealing with things in the spirit. It blew my mind. It caught me off guard, but it was undeniable. I've experienced the power of God in this sanctuary where it feels like the spirit of God is healing and restoring and awakening and breaking chains and the angels of the Lord are swiftly moving, healing and restoring and, and fighting on behalf of God's people. I even experienced the power of God in my living room this morning as my wife and I have been battling something the past two days that, that is just, we are in a turning point as a church. I need you to hear that today. Before this place is ever filled, there's a battle that has to be won. There's territory that has to be taken in the spirit. And I know that we are about to cross a threshold because the enemy is warring right now. We are in a spiritual battle right now that if the enemy can get us to quit in our mind, then we, he never has to worry about us taking this city. But there's something deep within me that has been put in me by God. It has been a word from God. It has been an anointing by God. And this church has a purpose from God and an anointing from God. And so we have to keep pushing and we have to keep praying. I will not quit and I will not back down because the word of the Lord has already been decreed. There is a great revival in this city and in this region. It is promised by God and the enemy knows it. And so we must continue to fight. I was talking to the Lord this morning and I was seeking God. And I'm like, God, have I, have I missed it? Have I, have I displeased you? Is something wrong? God. If I have displeased you, then take me out now. Because I couldn't access God. And as I began to pray that prayer, God, you, you, I need you now. Because I know what you have spoken. And I see what you are doing. But what I feel right now is hopeless. And what I feel right now 
is wanting to take me out. And as I was real with God, I felt something from heaven descend upon me. And I felt the almighty touch of God come upon me. And something began to rise up in my spirit. And my mind began to clear. And I began to pray in the Holy Ghost until the Lord began to reveal some things to me. And what I'm here today to say is this. The only way we advance is from power from on high. You and I are not going to win this battle intellectually. And we're not going to win this battle just by showing up. And we're not going to win this battle just by doing church, playing church. There's something that's got to get deep in our spirit. That where we sink our feet into the ground. And there is this moment of a spiritual standoff that says, I know there's opposition. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against you. In the name of Jesus. But we just can't speak his name like it's some magical spell. There's got to be a sold out determination. And Jesus says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the reality of it. Jesus is telling them to go wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The promise is power. The promise of the Father is being endued with power from on high. And the source is the Holy Spirit. With God's Spirit comes God's power. You can't separate the two. If it's really God's spirit, it will bring the power of God. And so if there is no power, it's not God. It don't matter what it looks like, sounds like, feels like. The Old Testament gives prophetic insight about this time in human history where God will change the heart of humanity. There's static statements throughout Scripture. Isaiah states, For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. And Joel declares, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days I will pour out my spirit. So glimpses are given, but the picture is not fully painted. There's prophetic insight about this moment. There's this unique description of it. Not really sure what all that looks like or what that means. In the Gospels, we don't read where it's recorded that Jesus gives them a specific outline. Jesus says this, 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 and this will happen. The Bible gives glimpses and insinuations, but we do see a command from Jesus to go to Jerusalem and wait until, everybody say until, uh, they are endued with power from on high. Insinuating, you'll know when it's happened. You'll know when it's come. You'll just know. But Jesus, I feel like I'm missing details. There's gaps in the story. Just go wait. Until you're endued with power from on high. That, that description, power from on high, it's kind of elusive. Power from on high. I'm here in Jerusalem. I'm waiting for the promise of the Father, which is coming. And when it comes, I'm going to be endued with power from on high. 
Well, the word endued literally means clothed. The word power means force or miraculous ability, abundance, strength, might. Where's the location it's coming from? On high. You are going to be clothed with this miraculous strength, might, ability, and power. And the place it's coming from is heaven. And you're going to know when it's come because heaven is going to come to earth. And it's not going to be like anything you've ever experienced in this earth. It's going to be from another place. It's going to be from another realm. And so we read in Acts 2, 1 through 4, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord, one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were gathered together waiting. And while they were waiting, they were praying. And while they were praying, the power started coming. What were they doing when the power started to come? They were praying. And as they prayed and as they waited, the power started coming. And what we find in this text is it didn't stop when it came into the room. And it didn't stop when it fell on the people. It didn't stop even when it filled the people. But once it came on them and it filled them, it came back out of them as a sign as they spoke in another language as this spirit of God that filled them enabled them to do so. It was this complete consuming of that place. It consumed the room, it consumed the people, and it consumed the atmosphere as the atmosphere was then filled with the sound of people who were filled with the Spirit of God. So what I want to remind the people of God today, power from on high has a certain sound. Power from on high has a certain sound. There's a wind to it. There's a crackling of fire to it. There is this holiness to it. Because the Spirit of God is a holy spirit. There is this power to it that doesn't feel like anything you and I have ever felt before. It is the Spirit of God that has filled a room and has come on people and has filled people. And what you and I need to remember today is that Jesus said we would also be clothed with it as well. We're always focused on being filled with the Holy Ghost, and we should. But being filled with the Holy Ghost is such an overflowing aspect that you and I are literally immersed in His Spirit. It gets all in us and it gets all on us. So in other words, power from on high not only fills you, it clothes you. It not only gets in you, but it gets on you as well. It's a complete covering inside and out. And it's power from on high. It is a force. It is a miraculous ability. It is abundance. Meaning you and I shouldn't feel like we're lacking on the inside. Because we are filled with power from on high. Anytime we feel that we're in need, we just need to go to that river and drink of that living water. Because Jesus said, whosoever drinketh of the water that I give will never thirst again. If you're thirsty today, you need to drink from that well. If you're lacking today, you need to go to God 
Because he is what we need. So, once power from on high clothed them. Nobody, in, I, don't, I, don't, I don't read anywhere in this passage where anybody had any questions. Was this it? Was this it? Jesus didn't su- t- tell us that there would be cloven tongues like as a fire set upon us. Was that it? I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm-mm. Because when it's the power of God in the room, there's no confusion. There's no chaos. <laughs> and the people that are experiencing it, the people that are being filled with it, the people that are being clothed in it, don't have any questions. Because you'll know when the power from on high has come upon you. Because it's undeniable. It's life-changing. You can't be the same after power from on high has clothed you. It's chain-breaking. That mindset has to go because power from on high has overwhelmed the carnal mindset. It has overwhelmed the lies of the enemy. It's power, it's strength, and it's might from heaven. It's the, the source of the location is from heaven. When the power of God comes, you can't stand still. I'm not talking about just a breeze of his presence where someone comes in the room and and everyone else is praising and they're observing. Uh, I I feel something. You're, you're You're just receiving a byproduct of someone else's sacrifice. But the place that the power from on high is actually falling is on the people that are offering the sacrifice of praise. You can walk up to a fire and feel the heat, but not be set on fire. But what I'm saying is, is when there's a group of people in this place, that each of them are offering up prayer to God. And each of them are seeking God to receive power from on high. The whole place becomes consumed with the Spirit of God. And when the power of God comes on you, you can't be quiet. I have never seen anyone that when the power of God hit them, not the fact that they were in the same room as the power of God, but when it came on them, they were no longer quiet. They were no longer locked up. They were no longer just, it moves them. What got in them has to come out. What came on them. You can't stand still when the power of God comes on you. It breaks chains. It heals your mind. It changes your spirit. And I've I've experiencing something from another world. I've never felt anything like this before. That's why I'm weeping. I don't understand why I'm weeping. But something from, in, from heaven has touched my mind. And what I thought was hopeless has been restored. Something from heaven has changed my spirit. And what I thought would always be bound has now been broken. That's when the power of God has come on you. You won't have any questions. You won't leave the same way you came. You won't walk out those doors saying, was that it? No. You'll walk out those doors knowing I was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Power from on heaven has come upon me. But the danger of it is is that the ones who were not filled and clothed with power from on high were the only ones that doubted and mocked. Acts 2, 12 through 13, the people that heard about what happened in the upper room, they were all amazed and they were in doubt. They were amazed, wow. There's a wow factor to the presence of God. There's two reasons why we won't leave wild. One, the power of God actually wasn't here. Or, 
we just doubted. They were all amazed. Wow, look at that. Never seen anything like that before. What's that? Wow. They were amazed and they doubted. What's that? That, I don't know what that is, but some mocked. Here's a, here's a reality. Doubting leads to mocking. I've been a doubter. I've been a mocker. Because I was like, that's not necessary. Until the power of God came on me. I'm not talking about Pentecostal commotion. I'm talking about the power of God where you know, oh my goodness, I have never experienced this before. And so these people that hadn't experienced it, they were wowed, they were doubting, and so some mocked and they just said, I don't know what that is, but they must just be full of new wine. The ones who were not filled doubted and mocked. But the reality of it is today, I want to remind us of something. I know that there are people here today that they want to see everything God's promised. And I understand that the waiting can make us weary. That's why Paul says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Yet, what keeps us from fainting is the Spirit of God because of this fact. It's power from on high. It is a supernatural strength that comes to us. That even though we haven't seen everything that we've been promised yet, uh, I'm strengthened in my spirit because of the fact the Holy Ghost is in me. So, this is what I want to encourage us with today. Power from on high is unstoppable. I, I, we need to remember that. You see, um, I know I've, I've talked about opposition and, and different things today and the battle in the mind and, and different su stuff um, and, and things. And, and, but I don't want you to think today that I'm discouraged. I'm not. I'm very encouraged. But I also want us to be aware of the necessity of having the power of God operate in our midst because of this. It really is unstoppable. Look at somebody and say, power from on high is unstoppable. I, I want us to, to get that deep in our spirit for a moment. Because of this reality, wherever there's a person or a group of people who are waiting for it and praying for it, power from on high is on the way. And there is nothing that can stop it. You see, there were millions of people in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Millions. But there was only 120 in the upper room. Jesus had actually more followers than the 120 when he ascended into heaven. There's only 120 in the upper room at first. You realize that the city of Jerusalem wasn't waiting for the power from on high. The city of Jerusalem wasn't interested in power from on high. 
That wasn't on their radar on the day of Pentecost. They didn't care. Millions of people in a city, they were clueless about power from on high. They were clueless about it, so they didn't want it. And they weren't thinking about it at all. And yet, it still fell in the city of Jerusalem. In other words, as long as God has some people in a city praying and waiting for God to do what he said he's going to do, and they stay faithful, it doesn't matter what the city's doing. And it doesn't matter what the city wants. And it really doesn't matter what's going on in that city. Because wherever prayer is going up for God, for heaven to come to earth, power from on high is on the way. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You see, the 120 in the upper room uh, were a frightening minority compared to the population of the city of Jerusalem that day. Yet, when, po uh, when power from on high hit the upper room, real power from on high, not goosebumps, real power from on high that caused every person in that room to not be able to keep their nice religious posturing about them. But there was something from heaven that consumed every one of them. It didn't matter what the city was preoccupied with up to that point. Because now the power of God was in that city. Wherever there's people praying for power from on high to come to, it's coming. And nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. There's no city too strong. I said there's no city too strong. There's no population too big. Wherever a memorial is going up, power from on high, come down here. It's on the way. Fire is coming. The wind is going to blow. And there is going to be a certain sound. There's no devil too big. I said there's no devil too big. When power from on high shows up, nothing can stand in the way. Nothing can stop it. You can't stop Jesus. You can't stop his spirit. You can't overcome his power. There's no situation too bad. I don't care the condition of your family. If you're praying for the power of God to touch your family, I'm telling you, it's on the way. The drug addiction is going to have to let go. The alcohol addiction is going to have to let go. There's no city too strong, no devil too big, no situation too bad. Just keep praying, just keep seeking, because I'm prophesying to this church. There is a powerful visitation of the power of God on the way. And when it comes, you're going to know it. You're not going to have any questions. You're not going to be confused. And there's not going to be any chaos. Power from on high is on the way. It gets in you. It gets in you. My question is today, is it in you already? Is there something in you that's beginning to rise? Is there something on you that you're beginning to feel? I'm going to break out of this hold. I'm going to shake off the lies. I'm going to break out of these chains. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I said this city is about to experience power from on high because there's a group in this place 
that we're just going to keep praying and we're just going to keep waiting and it's going to come. You see, it's got to fill this place first because once it fills this place, it naturally spreads to thousands. 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 You don't have to put an evangelistic program together when the power from on high has hit this place because it's just this scattering effect. When you are so clothed with power from on high, what's in you and what's on you begins to spread to the world around you. And it's going to go from the, from the dozens that are gathered here to the thousands in this area. But you and I, we got to keep praying for the power to come. I need more power. I need it to change me. I need it to break me out of this hold. I need it to cause me to shake off this flesh. This city is about to experience power from on high. Because this church is about to be clothed with power from on high. And it is going to cause every spirit of the enemy to be washed away like the Red Sea consumed the Egyptians. When the power from God falls in this place... There is going to be a cracking in the atmosphere that what has locked you up for years is going to be removed and it's going to come like a flood and it's going to wash out every spirit of the enemy, every lie, every intimidation, every insecurity, and every addiction. But the question is today, do you want power from on high to hit this place like an atomic bomb and change your life? This city is about to experience power from on high. And this region is about to experience power from on high. And this nation is about to experience power from on high. It's already settled in God's mind. So, pray. I'm telling you today, pray. Because it's on the way. It's already on the way. So, pray. Would you stand in this house right now? And would you lift your hands? And would you lift your voice? And would you just have a simple prayer today? Father, let the power from heaven... Hit this place and let it change this church. Let it change my family and let it change me individually.